Hello and uh, well, good day, good evening, good night, and where, depending where you are in the world out there. Uh, welcome to all those interested in of the arts. Um, so my name is Nick Green, as I am known on Facebook, where this. Uh, so this podcast is originates from my my Facebook page, my group page of the arts, and and that's where what we'll be talking about from week to week. We're going to be talking about anything that comes up in the art world. Now it won't be everything, of course, as I'm only one person. Uh, but you know, I will try to mention things as we go along that I come across and if there's things that I have not mentioned please by all means let me know and I can mention it uh you know so I I support each and every one of you and I welcome new ideas as we go go along here from week to week um you know so some things I mentioned are going to be maybe a month old, um, but they might be reminders of those who may haven't had a chance to 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 uh, check things out yet. You know, so I mean, you know, we're all busy. So, but let's 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 get into it. Uh, so, the Jetsons, uh, like you know, like the Flintstones. Uh, started in 1962. Some of you may know this already, and uh, so about 60—that's 60, 60 years ago, right? And um, you know, it's amazing how uh, humans have been very creative, uh, and in that creativity, we 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 think, oh my goodness, some some of the things that we put into our our art, our shows can be a reality especially something that was once fantasy like the jetsons and and you know 60 years later is amazing looking back in other shows like star trek um starting around the same time uh we we think oh wow that would never happen back you know 60 years ago and here we are and we're using some of the technology that that was dreamed of back then and that's how that's how we work uh, in modern Western and I guess all world society. <laughs> so anyway, um, some interesting uh, cast albums and other albums have come along. Um, there has been original uh, Broadway cast recording of Michael R. Jackson's 2020 Pulitzer Prize winning smash hit musical Strange Loop, which is out now. Um, this was released by Ghostlight Records and Yellow Sound Label in digital and streaming formats, and it was released June 10th. Um, you know, so some of the... Uh, some of the, some of the people working on this have also worked with uh you know Usher Thought Six Thought One, Thought Three Thought Two, uh, Thought Four and Thought Five. Um. So also so this. Uh, let's see. Uh, this the this, this strange loop. Uh, was nominated for 11 Tony Awards, including its wins for Best Musical and Best Book of a Musical. Make it the most nominated show in the 2021-22 uh, 
uh, Broadway season currently running at the Lyceum Theater, uh, which is on 149 West 45th Street. Congratulations to everyone who has been working on that um, show because it tells the funny and heartfelt story of Usher, uh, yeah, black queer writer writing a musical about uh, a black queer writer writing. Wait, uh, this article repeats itself, right? <laughs> uh, writing and exposing the heart and soul of a young artist grappling with desires and identity and determined to break free of his own self-perception while wrestling with the thoughts in his mind, of course. And, you know, it sounds absolutely fantastic. And I hope that you get a chance to check that out. Also, on July 15th, uh, LML Music released... Still within the sound of my voice, the songs of Linda Rod uh, Rodstead. Um, so this is a, a very special vinyl edition to be released later this year. It would be available on Amazon, Barnes Noble, and Spotify. Uh, so um, I, I hope that you get a chance to. Check that out when when you can. All right, so what else happened in the art world? Let's see here. Um, so Leonard Nimoy, uh, God rest his soul, uh, once played Spock in the original Star Trek. And so there's an article... Um, about a year old now, but you know, it came back to surface on on social media. Um, Leonard Leonard Nimoy said that this is what everyone got wrong about Spock. So apparently, for those who uh, who are fans of the character Spock, Spock of course is a Vulcan, and Vulcans. Apparently, you know, are very stoic, don't show much emotion. Uh, so if you go back and watch these early episodes and um, early movies of Star Trek, you um, you might go remember some of what Leonard Nimoy was trying to say about his character. You know, so he has been quoted... I've seen him described as a cold, unemotional alien. Uh, I don't... And, and he goes on to say that I don't think that's accurate. Spock is not unemotional. He's a, uh, he's in control of his emotions. And, you know, that's interesting um, thought because there was an episode... I think it was on... Um, Oh, what do you call it? Uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, where you have uh, a Vulcan visiting uh, the Enterprise, and um, on there, the this Vulcan's emotions are are not in check, and it disturbs the entire crew. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that there's this species where they can control emotions uh much more than than humans can um you know so i mean we live in a very high emotional 
world, a world with high emotions. And, uh, you know, it, 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 as we use art to reflect these emotions, it's something that's, uh, it's something to consider in our own lives, how, how we handle our own emotions. You know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not easy, but, you know, luckily we do have art to help us move along in life as we, um, as we take it in and, and, and explore new things and, and support, uh, artists, right? Okay, so, um, let's see, what else do we have going on? Um, let's see. Uh, so someone who I went to high school with, a wonderful human being, uh, her name is Stacy Thomas. She works for iHeart uh, Media, and uh, so she's also you know, a, fa- a family friend of uh, one of the uh, families that I've grown up with, uh, the Tazis, and... Uh, so she's now named director of marketing and promotions for iHeart Media Philadelphia. Effective immediately, she will report to Derek Corbett, senior vice president of programming for iHeart Media Philadelphia. This is absolutely exciting and wonderful. Uh, I mean, to say congratulations is the least that I could say for this amazing person who has um, grown in leaps and bounds over the years. Another person who I went to high school with, uh, you know, he is the, um, he is a, uh, producer and lyricist and composer. He's also a friend of mine, a wonderful person as well, Jason Sadati. He's been um, involved in the music on the music scene for a long while now, a lot longer than I ever realized. Um, beautiful vision in music. He's into the black metal scene, you know, Skeleton Toucher and his record label, uh, Neutron Solstice now that, and he's a producer of, of, uh, for several, uh, wonderful artists. Um, he's growing in leaps and bounds. So if you get a chance to, Explore the world of Neutron Sol- Solstice. Uh, I think that's wonderful. And, um, you know, so congratulations to him as well. Okay, so moving on in the art world. Let's see what we have here. Uh, okay, so coming up in Gettysburg and actually probably other locations, um, David Sedaris, uh, author and um, humorist, uh, he has been appearing uh, in one-man shows where he you know, might share his thoughts and, and views and, and parts of his, his books uh, with, with the world. And he, he's just absolutely wonderful and funny and, and, and a great treat if you get 
a chance to see him. He will be October 15th, day after my birthday, at the um, Majestic Theater in Gettysburg. I, I strongly suggest that you, if... Uh, I strong <laughs> Yeah. I strongly suggest that you get a chance to go see him. He... You you won't regret it, and you, you will almost immediately want to pick up a copy of one of his books because he really. Uh, oh, me talk pretty one day. Uh, it's a great book. Um, at any rate, check him out. Um. Okay, so let's see. I don't know if you know this person, but I hope that you get a chance to be... I love introducing new people, old... I don't want to say old people, but people who have been around for a while. Uh, Leonora Carrington, and again, I apologize if I don't pronounce names correctly. Uh, so, you know, so her surrealist paintings uh, in this, even in, in this modern 2020... 2020... Too. <laughs> uh, continue to be witch artists, collectors, and curators. Um, so the she died in 2011, and um, you know, so but she is her works are enjoying a surge of international attention. Um, it, her work inspired the theme of this year's Venice, oh goodness me, Biennale. I'm so sorry if I didn't pronounce that correctly. And the theme was The Milk of Dreams, was curated by Cecilia Alamani, Alamani, Cecilia Alamani. Oh, goodness. Over the past decade, academics have studied Carrington's work with renewed fervor, and her auction prices are soaring. The theme, the themes that dominate her magical offre, such as feminism, gender fluid, fluidity, and profound eco-consciousness uh, could not be more timely. Alright, very cool. Two things there, I guess you want to check out. Her her art and then the um, uh, the Bien Biennale um, it happening in Venice. Uh, one of one of Carrington's paintings, the Garden of Paracelsus, Paracelsus, was uh, which features androgynous figures engaged in mysterious rituals, sold for three point two million, and uh, it was painted in nineteen fifty seven. Interesting. All right, moving on in the art world. Okay, Reading Theater Project. Um, on October 29th from 8 to 11, they do wonderful things. But they are going to have a All Hallows Gala. Um, I don't really know much about the, uh, this, but um, it sounds really interesting. 
a gala sounds like a very fancy party all hollows of course the origin of halloween all hollows spirits hollows uh okay um the delaware county opera running well let's see so today is the first performance of the Tales of Hoffman. Um, at, okay, so this <laughs> this is three hours of very trippy, what I would call trippy opera. Um, let's see if I can find a description of um, the Tales of Hoffman. Okay, so in his workshop in Patty, Paris, the eccentric inventor Spallanzani has created a mechanical doll named Olympia. Hoffman, who thinks this, the girl is Spallanzani's daughter, has fallen in love with her. Um... So, you know, this theme of falling in love with... Uh, technology, inanimate objects, uh, comes to life here in this opera. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, so, th so this, so th throughout this whole, as I said, trippy opera, th this love affair with this mechanical doll, unfolds and all kinds of interesting and tragic things happen after all this is an opera i i saw this and it it is an excellent uh, opera um especially those who are very much in tune with the world of opera so i i recommend it and plus you're supporting delaware county uh Opera. So anyway, the tales of ha of Hoffman, otherwise known as Le Grand Hoffman, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, it starts today, August sixth, and I think there's two more performances going through the August through August fourteenth. All right. So Carol Burnett had her own show, of course many years ago um but she was in an episode of the twilight zone and apparently this episode um was meant to launch a whole new series um because she of course was a, a comedian and she brought her flair to to her comedic flair to end almost everything that she was in um so let's see. Um, Rod Serling, who would host the Twilight Zone, right, appreciated the parodies and wrote a part for Burnett in a pilot he was writing for CBS at the time. Um, so this new show w was about a guardian angel who comes down to earth to help forsaken humans live the lives they've always wanted. Uh, it was a reworked concept from an earlier pilot he had pitched, he had pitched 
The first Guardian Angel show was rejected by the network, so Serling turned it into the Twilight Zone episode, Mr. Beavis. He was under contract for another pilot script and thus wrote another episode about Heaven and Earth for a new show called The Side the side of the angels. The main difference between both pitches being that in the Mr. Beavis script, the angel and human characters would be regulars appearing in every episode, whereas in the second try, the show would focus on a guardian angel helping a different person each week. I don't think it ever um, took shape, but it was interesting to know that Carol Burnett um, had... uh, well, we all know her to be multifaceted, but this was definitely something that maybe some of us didn't know. Her her, her uh, connection to the Twilight Zone. We never... Most of us in modern day don't really think, oh, Cara Burnett, oh, Twilight Zone. <laughs> you know, we think uh, Cara Burnett, you know, her famous... Um, what, I guess, gorilla call. Oh, you know, anyway. <laughs> so, and her, her comedy sketches. Anyway, uh, the lightning thief, Percy Jackson mus- musical for those who are, who like the Percy Jackson books and movies is going to be at the Gardner theater in Lancaster. I think it already passed. Um, but it's interesting that they actually made a musical version of that of that story. Okay. Um, okay, so last uh, last podcast on the left. Um, so this was a podcast that began in 2011. 2011 has a conversation between friends who love horror movies. Um, so they are, I guess, hosting um, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again uh, live. And um, so if you're interested in tickets for that, that will be at the Met Philadelphia. It will be premiering or maybe only one day, August 13th. So check that out if you, if you would like. Okay, so Philadelphia premiere of Dear Evan Hansen, uh, Tony Award winning best musical is going to be in Philadelphia August 16th through the 28th. Sounds like a wonderful time. Okay, so Alfred Hitchcock has made movies primarily in the oh well i guess he started back in the 40s and he made movies all the way through i guess 60s um so people have been ranking his movies over the years and i came across another 20 best ranked you know so um you know People either love his movies or hate his movies, but his techniques were groundbreaking at the time in movie making. And especially if you go all the way back to his earlier works, um, 
where he made some of his best movies. Rebecca, a version of Rebecca written by, or based on the, the novel by Daphne du Maurier. Um, highly recommend that version of Rebecca. Um, he studied German movie making and that's how he started getting popular with his using some of the same techniques in German movie making. Um, so, so, you know, one of his tough, toughest critics was of course the wonderful Orson Welles. Uh, I'm not going to get into why Orson didn't always agree with, um, Alfred Hitchcock's point of view in, in movie making, but, you know, um, the fact that Orson was a critic, uh, certainly, uh, certainly is a, a, a testimony, uh, of how important Alfred Hitchcock is to, uh, pop culture, um, because for Orson to pay attention to some something uh, really speaks volumes, and I guess in this case, past tense <laughs> spoke volumes. But anyway, so I don't know what you think about the this top twenty, but here we go. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock, Dial M for Murder. Um, according to the person who who created this. Uh, saw this as it w- was supposed originally supposedly was in 3d and um so uh, uh, dial m for murder was based on a play um f- f- my memory of this story uh it was uh set in london um where you have uh, english detective uh, trying to um, uncover uh, the, uh, I'm not sure if it was a murder or suspe- suspected murder of 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 um, this woman. Uh, anyway, it's it's definitely something that is worthwhile. I would I would I would go and uh, if you get a chance go. Go see it. Uh, you know, should see how Hitchcock movies that uh, you, and and realize how how suspense uh, suspense movies originated. Well, you know, he wasn't the first to create suspenseful movies, but uh, it just there's an old fashioned uh, way of 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 storytelling that I think I think is missing in modern stories. Anyway. Foreign Correspondent, number 19. Uh, the Trouble of Harry, which was, I think, the last uh, of, of Hitchcock, or one of the last Hitchcocks. Um, this story about what to do with this uh, dead body that they keep uh, burying and unburying and burying in. Lifeboat, number 17. Um Marnie, 16, or, yeah, 16, Frenzy, 15, Vertigo, uh, 14, Blackmail, 13, Shadow of a Doubt, 12, To Catch a Thief, 11, 
10, rope, uh, 9, 39 steps, which is also a wonderful, They have, there's a um, novel, but also a wonderful stage production, which kind of takes the original concept of 39 steps and turns it into a, a comedy, and is a delight about um, a, a group of spies in uh, in Europe. Psycho, one of the most famous stories, number eight, that Alfred Hitchcock directed. Uh, the Lodger, number seven. Rear Window, number six. Uh, basically about a man who witnesses a murder. Uh, Lady What Vanishes, number five. Very entertaining story. Notorious, number four. Number three, North by Northwest. Excellent movie. Uh, the Birds, number two. And I've already mentioned number one, uh, Rebecca. Check them out. I think you'll be very... Um, if you haven't seen any Alfred Hitchcock movies, I think th these movies will definitely point you into a direction of, of thrillers that you, 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 will be eye-opening for you and you probably haven't seen before. And if you have seen them before, maybe it's time to take a look at them again. Uh, all right, so I think that's all I have for you this week. I wish you all the best, and see you next week. Bye-bye.